Welcome to Day 2 Cloud. We have a sponsored show with VMware today, and um, and it's all about logging and log events and observability, and maybe we'll mention the word telemetry in there, and cloud and cloud apps and integrations, and and that I think some people, we just lost them already because we said VMware, and they're like, yeah, I'm not in the VMware space, don't care, but that would be an incorrect assumption on their part, would it not? It certainly would be an incorrect assumption because it turns out that vRealized Log Insight is not just for VMware SDDCs or their presence on one of the major public clouds. It can ingest logs from just about any data source you want, and then it provides analysis and, dare I say it, insight into those logs. So even if you're not a current VMware customer, this is still a product you might want to check out. Might definitely want to check out was we got into the feature set. I was enamored because there's another thing here in the product name, Insight. It doesn't just log events and collect them for you and let you search them and query them. It analyzes things for you. The idea being to give you insights into a whole bunch of different products that you might be monitoring with this. I'm not going to give you the whole show now. Our guest today, <laughs> David Pham, Senior Product Marketing Manager at VMware, and Varun Haraharan, Product Manager. And these guys know this product cold. We're going to jump right in with our first question to Varun. Well, Varun, welcome to the show. And uh, starting with you, Okay, this is going to sound like a silly question, but I think we need to define what logging is in 2022, because I think some people are maybe old school and they're thinking like syslog and a search engine dropped on top of the logs database and so on. But that's not really that's that's that truly is old school. It's not a complete picture of logging in 2022. So set us up for what logging is these days. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's basically some of the same things that you just mentioned there, Ethan. But I think, you know, in the world that we live in today, it's become a little bit more complex than that, right? I mean, we're all used to when, you know, we grew up when, you know, like that right before the dot-com bubble and everything where websites were, you know, hosted by individual companies, sometimes in a server room in a closet and, you know, all of your data stayed and lived there. And obviously with the, everything moving to the cloud, then, you know, you have more of these distributed endpoints. But now what we're seeing is, it's not just a single cloud provider that somebody might be tied to. You might have a given enterprise that's running workloads on multiple clouds. Um, some of their workloads might still be on premise. And, you know, this is just like where your um, application workloads live, but, you know, some of your data that you're collecting might be from users who are distributed in different parts of the world. So especially now with the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, take a workforce that's now even more distributed. So you have, data from even more endpoints that you are collecting. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into what log management really looks like today. You know, you're basically scaling the number of endpoints that, you know, you previously had to manage to, you know, different devices, different um, um, service endpoints, a combination of on-prem and cloud, a combination of these different cloud workloads. So there's a lot of different um, sources of data that, you know, is being fed and, you know, you need to be able to, as, you know, somebody managing this log data, be able to pull all these different data sources in a way that makes sense and you can extract business value as quickly as possible for you and your needs. Right, right. And I think it's not just, it's not just the endpoints of, of the clients and the cloud, but I, I'm also thinking of if I have a CDN, if I'm using a third-party service to, exactly. to provide some feature that my application needs, authentication, all that stuff contributes to the logging. So it's not, it's not just the cloud. There's all these additional services beyond the major cloud providers that could be feeding into your logs. 
Uh, what are some other you know, overall trends that you're seeing that may be increasing the amount of log data that that customers are going to have to deal with? Yeah, no, absolutely, Ned. So, uh, you know, and I think you touched on something great there, which is, you know, you have a lot of these different workloads that are running in different places, but, you know, now we're seeing more of a shift to these microservice based architectures that people are deploying. So, you know, for like maybe a given website or a given tool, you know, you might have uh, dozens of different services that you're managing across a lot of different environments for various different needs. So you need a way to aggregate all of that into a single place and in a way that makes sense. Um, and now, you know, with many enterprises going global as well, um, you know, you have different compliance needs that, you know, might vary from government region to government region. So, you know, if you're running in one country and then, you know, you're good entering a new market and you're, you know, having to spin up a stack in a different country, they might have very different data sovereignty needs than the country that you're used to operating in. So, you know, you have different log collection practices that, you know, you'd have to tailor to that specific market as well. And with the increase of different uh, endpoints that you're running in and where your users are accessing your data from, Cybersecurity has become an increasingly important thing to consider as well. So, you know, now you're as you know, you're the number of endpoints grows, uh, being able to manage uh, threats is going to become increasingly more important and log management can play a crucial role in um, detecting and preventing many of these attacks as well. And another thing I want to point out now that it's 2022 is you know, of course, I want to bring up the obvious, you know, since the pandemic, businesses have to change the way they're doing business. Now, the whole thing you hear in everywhere is work from anywhere, right? Uh, we can support customers and uh, internal staff from anywhere across the globe, uh, deploying out applications, uh, maximizing the user experience for both internal and external users. So that's another concept that we have to, um, you know, have that seeing that explosion when we talk about millions on millions of different log events. Um, you know, people are accessing data and applications on premises to hybrid clouds. And of course, now they're adopting all these uh, multi-public clouds um, all over the globe. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, adding to more complexity and the need for visibility. Um, there's just so many logs, uh, so many users and customers accessing this data uh, constantly around the clock. So, I mean, when we talk about follow the sun, uh, you know, they're, they're really having, you know, uh, every second uh, logs being generated and data being accessed, um, you know, continuously everywhere. <laughs> So we keep saying logs and logging and in the product that we're going to end up talking about here, log insight cloud, we realize log insight cloud, it's in the name log. Well, how does the word log fit in with what I think of as the more modern terminology around this stuff? Telemetry being one and observability being another. When we talk about logs, are we also talking about observability and, and telemetry? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, observability and telemetry is sort of this, um, umbrella term, right? That really encompasses like the visibility that you have into a different environment. And it can be for very different purposes. It could be for security purposes, compliance purposes. You're an, applic you're an application developer and you want insights into how, you know, maybe a given API call uh, performs, what systems it touches, how long it takes, or, you know, you're a, a, uh, you know, somebody optimizing for like an e-commerce website and you want to understand, you know, the, like how your business is performing, you know, where are users dropping off, um, you know, anything that you could do to improve the overall experience of the website. So that's kind of the observability umbrella. And, you know, within that you have made uh, metrics, events, 
tracing and logging and logging, you know, is a component of that where, you know, you can get some of this data in real time from any, some number of sources and, you know, it can be user generated, system generated, and it's a way for you to get insights for all these different use cases, right? You know, like as an application developer, you might be debugging code and you want to understand, okay, am I getting an exception for a given, you know, uh, algorithm that, you know, I'm trying to test or run or optimize all the way to, you know, you might have customers knocking on your door saying, Hey, you know, I can't check out from your website and, you know, your log data can tell you, Hey, you know, I'm seeing uh, quite a few errors coming in from your payments service that, you know, as an IT administrator, you might take that and say, Hey, you know, it's time we look into this, especially as customers are coming in and telling us that they're having issues paying. So it kind of feeds into a lot of these different uh, use cases that you're trying to solve, but it's a means of being able to do so. Okay. So, that makes a lot of sense to me. So you're looking at a more holistic approach that's observability. And within that logs are a key component because if you don't have the information, you can't analyze it for your use case, the thing that you're trying to track. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. So that probably brings us neatly into vRealized log insights. And I see there's another word on there, which is cloud. So maybe you can sort of um, tell us what is vRealized log insight and is cloud a separate product or is it part of the family of vRealized log insight? Great question. So yeah, so I'll start with the first part or with vRealized log insight. So VRealize Log Insight uh, started as a product um, many years ago, originally as an on-premise based solution that, you know, we would give as a, a management tool to, you know, your traditional VMware customers that are running your on-premise software-defined data centers. So, you know, you can think of your traditional vCenter, vSAN, NSX stack that's running in an on-premise data center, and you need a way to be able to um, collect uh, events, analyze these events um, or log data. You know, well, that's I, that's what I mean when I say events here, um, and store all of that and make business sense of it in real time. And that Log Insight was a tool designed to house that data on premise and keep your data there. Now, you know, as we mentioned, many of these workloads are moving to the cloud. Um, some of them are using a hybrid cloud model. Now we're seeing vendors, you know, moving to different clouds as well, more of a multi-cloud space and multi-cloud hybrid cloud is here to stay. So we've introduced our SaaS form factor. So that is the realized log insight cloud. So that, you know, provides an opportunity for you to be able to collect all of your different log data sources from any workload that you're running in all of these different uh, cloud infrastructures as well, including your on-premise infrastructure, because that's still important today for, you know, many of our customers. So as a, Log Insight customer, you have these two form factors that you can choose from, which is the on-premise that I talked about, which is just Log Insight, and Log Insight Cloud, which is our SaaS version that we have today. Um, and later, I could talk a little bit about one thing that we're building that allows you know our Log Insight users to take advantage of some of our SaaS-only capabilities as well, and that's something our team is kind of working on today to you know help drive a little bit of the SaaS consumption. I definitely want to put a pin in those special SaaS features. So we'll definitely come back to those. But I, I want to bring up a point um, that this product was originally, you know, primarily focused on VMware workloads. And it was focused on, on a person, which was the IT ops group who was running that virtualization platform. 
I got to imagine that over the last however many years, that's changed a bit, especially if you're now able to ingest information from cloud. So can I pull from any source in terms of what information I can get into the realized login site? Yeah, so I mean, today we support a variety of different sources out of the box that users can pull um, log data from. So, you know, as we just mentioned, right, Log Insight started off, you know, mainly for this on-premise use case. But, you know, as users' workloads have begun to evolve, you know, we as a solution needed to cater to that as well. So now there's um, 60 plus different out-of-the-box um, log sources that you can provide from the native public clouds as well. So these are your top three ones with AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud that, you know, we provide out-of-the-box uh, methods to be able to pull these um, logs from. In addition to that, you know, we support a couple of different tools as well. Um, you know, everything from GitHub to Jira and, and, and even more um, solutions that, you know, customers are so used to using and generating a lot of data from that, you know, they want to look to gather insights as well. And as we're continuing to expand our user base, and catering to many different people, you know, we're seeing the need to be able to support more log sources um, wherever our customers might be, you know, whether they're, you know, running a Kubernetes cluster on a given cloud or on-prem, or if they're just using some commonly used DevOps tools that are, you know, SaaS only, but live, you know, somewhere in the cloud, being able to provide one seamless way to collect all of that, whether that's just through, um, you know, HTTPS, um, one of the log agents like FluentD, or, you know, maybe they're running some on-prem workloads and they want to use a cloud proxy to be able to send those logs. You know, we want to be where our customers are at the end of the day. So I also want to bring up the extended support we have uh, for the VMware cloud as well. So uh, we have uh, partnership integrations, uh, VMware on uh, AWS, uh, we have VMware cloud mm -hmm. on Microsoft Azure, we have VMware Cloud on Oracle Cloud uh, as well. And then, uh, of course, uh, VMware uh, on uh, Google Cloud uh, VMware Solutions. So, again, all the four major public cloud providers, whether you do it natively or uh, on top of the uh, hosted VMware Clouds as well. So, I mean, we, we really cover end to end, whether you're a VMware person or you're just a cloud native person. No, but what's really interesting about this part of the conversation, I don't have to be today a VMware client or a VMware customer and running workloads on VMware infrastructure. I could invest in vRealize Login Site Cloud, begin sending events to it and getting value from that without being an already existing VMware cluster customer. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I actually did not know that. <laughs> so that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so so the user personas, um, you know, traditionally when we talk about, oh, you have to be, you know, within the VMware SDDC, but now that we're extending out to uh, the non VMware folks and, you know, extending it out, not just to IT ops, but now to the DevOps, uh, the SREs developers, um, they don't care about the underlying infrastructure, right? They just build code. So now this is able to kind of resonate and help them deliver code uh, on time, uh, fix updates and have innocence response um, in real time uh, with that multi-cloud observability. So that's uh, one of the key things, um, you know, when we talk about the non-VMware folks. So any, it's really for anybody now. Yeah. Uh, well, again, you mentioned what, 60 plus integrations. Um, so I assume that means I'm running, I don't know, let me pick something that that I hope you have an integration for, something like an Nginx uh, web server. Um, pretty common. Well, okay, well-deployed. 
if I send from Nginx uh, logs formatted in a way that vRealize Log Insight Cloud can ingest them, the insight part of the product's name means you're going to tell me interesting things going on with that web server, uh, performance-wise and status codes, and I'm assuming you're going to tell me things about that. It's not just like syslog, there's a bunch of entries going, and if you can search and find the thing you're looking for, good luck. You're actually doing the log analysis for me and telling me things that presumably actionable things that I care about that are happening in my example, this Nginx server. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, it's, there's, it's twofold, right? So with any log management tool, the first step is bringing in your logs to the system. And then after you've gotten that, the second part is exactly as you'd mentioned, Ethan, which is now how can I get the insights that I need and as quickly as possible? So to that end, you know, we provide a, a way that we believe, you know, makes it seamless for, you know, anybody, right, to come in and query your logs right away. You know, you don't have to learn a brand new language like many of our competitors, you know, kind of make you do in order to be able to truly understand that. It's a little bit easier, a little bit more user-friendly to be able to do that. We provide out-of-the-box um, content packs is what we call it, which are ways to be able to query your data, um, set up some dashboards, some alerts, um, without having to, you know, go and create all this from scratch. You can do that if you wanted, but if you just wanted to get something out of the box and get up and running very quickly, we provide a means for you to be able to do that as well. Um, and then we're also working on adding other features to kind of drive down that uh, MTTR, the mean time to resolution, right? Specifically, you know, if you're debugging a system and something has gone wrong, you know, rather than searching through millions of log data, which is a very realistic scenario that, you know, many customers are uh, today of ours deal with, how can we boil it down and make it really easy to say, Hey, here's exactly where your problem is, or here's where we think your problem is. Go check it out. You know, something that, you know, in, instead of you having to manually piece together a puzzle, we give you that puzzle for you. Um, that's ideally the, the path that we're trying to drive towards. As a baseline, do you think about it? It allows your IT ops, DevOps to really position yourselves to kind of actively gather the logs, uh, get tracing, understand the system metrics, and then you'll leverage all this data to analyze trends. Um, um, you get structure from unstructured data, and then you get these valuable insights into a health of a particular application, a system, the infrastructure. Uh, but overall, you can really better understand the state of the application or a specific issue. You detect the issues and anomalies in real time. Uh, you can look at the uh, root cause of the issues. And when we talk about the value insights, it can mean either performance, capacity utilization, uh, resource contention, uh, root cause analysis, uh, among many other things. So that's just kind of like the baseline of how it makes your day-to-day -day, uh, activities um, a lot more smoother, um, a lot more visual uh, to help you uh, solve the issue at hand there. How do I get my data from the data source into vRealize uh, Log Insight Cloud? Is this, is it an agent? Is there, I guess if there's integrations, maybe there's a magical checkbox, but walk us through that part of it. Yeah, so there's a number of different ways. Um, an agent is a very commonly used way of, you know, pulling in a log data from, you know, an application workload that you're running. So, you know, we support out-of-the-box agents like, Fluent D, Fluent Bit, you know, syslog for you to have up and running, stream those logs using those agents into Log Insight Cloud. Um, we also have our own Log Insight agent that you know is specifically designed for VMware workloads, but you know, we're testing to see how it works with other things as well. Um, uh, 
with our on-premise user base, um, we you know also provide a cloud proxy that you know users can install, send, point your log data to your cloud proxy that it then sends to Log Insight Cloud. But you know, with many of our modern users today, like let's just say you know you're running a workload on AWS as an example, um, we it's as easy as you know configuring an API key and setting that API key in your AWS console firing up a Lambda function that then streams those logs directly to Log Insight Cloud. Hmm. Um, so that's another way of doing that as well. So, you know, we're trying to cater to a lot of these different use cases, um, but, you know, that's one way. To, uh, these are some ways that, you know, we can solve that problem. Okay. So I'm not necessarily having to use a new tool that I'm not familiar with to do the log collection on the data source. I'm using probably a tool that I already have, you know, it could be CloudTrail on AWS, could be, you know, Prometheus on a Kubernetes instance, uh, a pod, could be Syslog on traditional Linux server, whatever logging tool I typically would use, I just have to have a way of pointing it to the collection endpoint on uh, vRealized Log Insight Cloud or the on-premise version. Exactly. So, you know, whether you're, using an API and just making HTTPS calls to send that over to Log Insight Cloud, or you're using something more traditional like Syslog, you know, these are tools that people commonly use today, right? So the idea here is to minimize new things that you would have to learn and understand to be able to send these logs. Because, you know, that just adds more time and more of a burden to understand the thing and maintain this one other thing. And, you know, we're trying to minimize that as much as possible where we can give you something out of the box, get value out of it as quickly as possible and, you know, call it a day. Yeah. One of the things that, what the value I see in aggregating all that log data is the ability to create correlations between different data sources to, to see a pattern or a trend emerge where you know a hardware issue on a physical device is causing an application error that's not immediately obvious, especially if it's two separate teams that manage those platforms. To what degree does Log Insight provide that correlation between data sources? Um, that's a great question. So it, I wouldn't exactly call this explicit correlation between data sources, but it very well could serve this function. Um, a feature that you know is so it's currently a beta feature right now that we're working to release um, is what we call log root cause analysis, log RCA for short. So it's basically identifying using machine learning clusters of logs that come into your system. Now that could be from a single data source, multiple data sources. Um, the idea here basically is kind of like what I was saying earlier is, you know, rather than you putting together a million logs yourself manually to understand that, hey, something went down or some, you know, something is not working in your system. This identifies this as one cluster to show, hey, this looks like a red flag. Go check it out. You know, and yeah, something that's kind of boiled down the time that it takes to correlate all these different, you know, independent events to say, OK, you know, this looks like a red herring. You might want to double click into that. So that's a feature that we're currently working on. And that kind of feeds into, as Ethan pointed out, the insights part of it, right? You know, as far as being able to not only just bring the logs and ingest them into your system, but what do you do with it? So that's, the, that's arguably the most important part. Varun, the other thing I'm thinking of is real-time data and troubleshooting versus spotting long-term trends. 
is is vRealize Log Insight aimed mostly at spotting those long-term trends and figuring out after the fact, like a reactive workflow, or could it also be proactive in preventing issues from occurring? You know, ideally we want to be able to be in both of those places, right? Where it's finding those issues before it becomes an issue, making it a little bit more uh, proactive rather than reactive. Because unfortunately that's the case with the debugging for most of these today, it's whether you're a developer understanding, hey, you know, why am I seeing stack traces, you know, come from a bunch of these Docker logs or customers knocking at your door saying something is not working. You might want to look into it. Um, you know, uh, the, now with some of the capabilities that we're trying to add is to make it a little bit more proactive. So, you know, if let's just say, you know, you're hitting a certain CPU utilization on a given node, you know, before that becomes a problem, maybe showing to the user, hey, you know, something is not quite right here, or like, you know, I'm getting a bunch of warning messages of like, hey, you know, I'm hitting a certain threshold. Maybe let's look into this a little bit. And, you know, you take that insights and, you know, you go and you do something about it rather than somebody telling you, hey, something is not working. Let's check that out. So we've been having a very infrastructure oriented conversation, uh, you know, IaaS and, uh, Oh, you know, VMware workloads and Kubernetes stuff and so on. But uh, something else on the network that generates lots and lots of events are security devices, firewalls and so on. So is there a security use case for LogInsight Cloud? Great question. So, yeah, you know, we're seeing from a lot of our users today that, you know, they're using it for like their SIEM use cases. Yeah. Um, yeah I, that's not a space that, you know, uh, LogInsight Cloud today is the strongest in. That is something that, you know, we want to kind of explore a little bit more just to see what it would take for us to be successful if we decide to, you know, double down on that route. Um, typically, a lot of our customers today who are using LogInsight Cloud would use another tool that, that, you know, would cater specifically to their seam use cases. But, you know, this is something that we're trying to take a note of a little bit more and seeing, you know, how can we be that one-stop shop for everything? Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because of the insight part of it. Um, you know, what made me think of it was when Ned mentioned long-term earlier and so many security anomalies you don't really see unless you're playing the long game and then something percolates to the surface that you didn't notice because it's, a, mm -hmm. it's anomalous in a month's long time span, not immediately. And uh, in the immediate time frame. Um, events can slip under the radar. And so it just struck me that that would be, uh, it would be an interesting use case if you're going down that road. And uh, that's, that's, that's worth investigating, I think. Because uh, all you got to do, Varun, just throw some machine learning and artificial intelligence at it, and it's easy, right? I mean, what could go wrong? <laughs> it solves everything today, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you guys do, uh, if, I want, if I want to do... Um, the Realize Log Insight Cloud and integrate this into my own CID CD pipeline. Can I make all of that happen together or I kind of have to deal with Log Insight Cloud like off to the side, if you see what I'm asking? Yeah. So, I mean, would you like, a, let's, could you give me like a specific use case and maybe I can kind of double click into that here a little bit? So, um, maybe it's agent installation. Can I automate mm -hmm. that? It's, it's ingestion of data. And when I stand up new bits of infrastructure, I just want the data to start appearing at Log Insight Cloud. Can I, can I integrate that and automate that with the rest of my automated infrastructure stand up procedures? Um, that's a great question. And that's not something that I don't think we support today, at least out of the box, as far as, you know, an automatic way to spin up an agent, point those logs 
to say, hey, you know, use this specific agent and, um, you know, send the, that data directly to LogInsight Cloud. But that is something that, you know, as if we're hearing that from customers today, I think it would be worth exploring. It's not something that, you know, I can say that we support in our product, but that is an interesting use case, though. Most of the customers that we've talked to specifically, you know, those who are using uh, LI for their CICD pipeline, which, you know, is not our traditional user base today. Um, you know, we are hearing that, you know, it's, uh, they are finding value, but it's mostly a manually done process today. Now, you know, if we're getting more of these users coming in saying, hey, you know, we want it to be, I want to automatically have an agent pointed, you know, as I spin up or take down specific workloads um, in my pipeline to then send those logs to Log Insight Cloud. Um, that could be something that, you know, maybe that's the future of our product, but well, I don't think we're quite there yet today, at least okay. not for the CICD use case. And then even though, like Bruno is saying, even though we're not fully automated with the whole CICD pipeline, I mean, we do support it. Uh, if you think about the CICD pipeline, it's just eight verticals in this continuous loop where you have yeah. build, code, plan, monitor, operate, deploy, release, then test, uh, and it's continuous. But then um, for each of those eight steps, I mean, uh, log inside cloud, uh, does have uh, support in it. So uh, if I walk it through uh, the first one, if you do planning, right? Well, you can structure uh, the log data through separation and data correlation for all the different uh, log sources of code. Um, it really relieves developers from having to design or make their own ad hoc logging systems to get alerted in real time. Uh, for the build process, um, that gives you that ability to monitor the resources, uh, the code builds, in order to really respond to the incidents and vulnerabilities in real time. Um, the test, well, you need to find the bugs, improve the system and application performance um, with logs in real time and the multi-cloud observability that helps them uh, meet that testing phase there. And then uh, with the release, uh, you can improve and automate, um, you know, well, support that CI CD pipeline through all the different changes of the code base through log validation. Mm -hmm. um, um, the uh, fifth one, oh, sorry, sixth one is the deploy. Right? This is where you can collect application and system logs and then you add all these important uh, metadata and metrics to that. So you get the full picture from end to end. Uh, operate, um, this is where you'll leverage, you know, features such as a live tail, um, you know, uh, alerts, uh, out of the box uh, visualization uh, to understand the application performance. Uh, you can detect the issues, uh, downtimes and changes in real time. And the last one, monitoring. Well, um, everything that the LogInsight Cloud does is ingests, processes, forwards, that you get the live tails and you get to analyze all the logs in real time across uh, mm -hmm. multi-clouds, your VMware SDBC, your hybrid clouds and so forth. You mentioned one feature in there, which is live tail. Can, can you expand on uh, what live tail is? So live tail is basically, you know, akin to kind of like the tail functionality that you have in Linux today, where, you know, if you want to see your steady stream of logs come in in real time, you know, rather than, it hitting a system or you querying for, you know, okay, I want to see errors from the last 30 days that came in because my customers are saying 21 days ago or three weeks ago, something went wrong. So rather than you going in the past to looking at it, um, let's just say you're debugging a system in real time where, you know, maybe you spun up a new container or, you know, a new pod and you want to see if, okay, that's going to, you know, bring down the number of warnings or errors that I am seeing in real time. This is a way for you to kind of test out certain things that, you know, you're trying out. So, you know, by using this live tail functionality, you can see, okay, you know, are you getting the right types of messages? How many of those are you getting? 
Um, it's a way for you to kind of get those insights in real time as you look to, you know, make changes to your environment or, you know, anything that you're doing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I'm not running a query and then running the query again and then running the query again. I can exactly. just the data as it streams. And that, that seems kind of useful. <laughs> I enjoy that. Um, you, you had mentioned earlier on in the conversation, some of the additional features and functionality that are available only on the SaaS product. Uh, now might be the, the shining time to tell us a little bit about what those additional features and services are, because uh, it did pique my curiosity back then. Yeah, no. So, uh, you know, like a lot of the um, AI ML functionality that we are using today is basically around exactly that. So it's all built for SaaS only um, today in our SaaS form factor. Um, so this is the, the, the big one uh, that I just mentioned is the is log RCA, right? So that's the one that's currently a beta feature right now where, you know, you can cluster some of these logs um, and then have them just, you know, provide you some kind of real insights as well. Now we're also expanding AI ML capabilities into different um, areas of the product as well. So like VMware traditionally has a knowledge base, which is like a repository of um articles that you know people post in our community forums and everything so now you know at least for to our vmware customer base we're saying hey you know uh rather than you going and having to find um you know specific uh kb is what we call from for short uh, for short room rather than finding a kb article you know and figuring out hey you know does this correlate to the, the these errors that you're seeing now we do some of that correlation for you more you know we can you know based on some of the errors that, you're, that are coming in can we correlate that to an AB article to say, hey, you know, this looks very similar to what we're seeing in this KB article. You might want to click into that. Now we're exploring a little bit more about maybe how can we take that same functionality and genericize this a little bit, you know, to non-VMware customers. Um, that's something that, you know, we're looking into. I'm not going to say that we're, uh, that's, it's there and we're doing it, but, you know, that's something that we want to kind of uh, look in at a little bit more. Um, so that's on the AI and ML side, that's, you know, traditionally SaaS only. So now, Varun, before you pre move off of that yeah. MLAI point, when you're trying to get the most value from machine learning, it's all about that data set. The more data you can throw at the model, the smarter the machine learning algorithm or the smarter the machine learning model uh, becomes, then you can throw the AI algorithm at it. Are we talking about a, the ML in this case, learning from my as an individual customer's data set and the ML being applied to my stuff? Or are we talking about aggregate uh, uh, login site cloud customers data coming in, presumably anonymized and opted in and all that. And, uh, and then we're learning from everybody's data. Great question. Um, from what I've understood, I mean, this would be a really good question to ask my engineering counterparts, but from what I've understood, this is your data. So, you know, as you know, you are the customer, you know, you're streaming millions of your own logs, right? Um, uh, your customer, like you, we have a, uh, hundreds of different customers today who are sending in logs as well, but, you know, at least specifically to your workload, because some of our customers are sending in terabytes worth of data that your customers data, like, you know, if you're somebody that's sending terabytes worth of data into our system, that's a lot of data for us to, you know, start to train some of these models to say, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, this is a big enough sample size for us to make, you know, a little bit more of a predictive understanding of how something is working so, and, and, you know, every customer environment is going to be different, right? Some might be running some set of workloads on AWS. Some might be running purely on-premise. Uh, perhaps there's commonalities, perhaps they're not. But from what I've understood, this is just your data. 
And, um, and, and that's fair because, yeah. as you said, there's tons of data there for the for for the ML to learn from. But I, I know there are some products that wouldn't really be competitive here, but uh, but in a in a similar vein, they will take aggregated customer data that's anonymized because it shows up things like. Say you're, it's networking related data, and if you can aggregate everybody's data, you can find a like, oh, looks like, I don't know, some tier one backbone in North America is having a problem because of all the different people mm-hmm. that are experiencing that. You know, so there's some, some use cases there. I could see another one where, every, I'll bring up Nginx again, everybody's using this Nginx web server, and we know from all the data that we've been consuming by people who are using Login Site Cloud to monitor their Nginx installations that when the server is short on memory, you have these sorts of problems, you know, something like that. So Interesting, that, yeah. that was the context in which I, I asked that. Of course, the other one is just privacy. And some companies are very concerned that their data is kept to them in their space. They don't want to share, even if it's anonymized data, they don't want that. So to have a comfort level that their data is not aggregated anyway, it can be kind of a big deal too. Exactly. Exactly. But no, you brought up some really interesting use cases that, you know, could be worth drilling down, seeing if, you know, there's a, a possibility to provide that additional insight to the customers in a way that is not compromising their data at the end of the day. So that could be interesting. So that's so that's the AI ML side that's been traditionally um, SaaS only. Another thing that we've introduced. So, you know, if you were to look at on-prem customers, on-prem customers maintain all of their data today in-house but you, there's two schools of data. So there's the data that you use on a day-to-day basis, what we, you know, like your operational data that, you know, you're querying constantly. So, you know, you want it to be highly available um, and have it be there, you know, ready for you when you need it. So, you know, your developers might be running it, your SREs might be running queries on it. Um, you want that data to be there. Um, that's one set of data. Now you have another set of data that, you know, might be traditionally used for compliance or security reasons where you're just collecting this data. It's just staying somewhere, but you're not necessarily accessing it all the time. So you just want cheap storage to be able to store all of this. And, you know, you might have that data for years and, you know, this could be for a specific government compliance or a government mandate, you know, for a given sector or in a given market. Uh, that we're operating in customers have some data sovereignty restrictions around that. So, you know, you just want to keep that data, keep it for a long time, not really do a ton with it. Keep it as roll-up data or are we talking or keep it as very granular data if I need to go back in time? Um, Both. I mean, if you want, so, you know, you can kind of, you can set those rules to figure out what it is that you want to keep for a long period of time yeah, and then just have it stay there. So, Where I was going with this is in our SaaS form factor, we just released um, a new way of storing this second set of data that we've called, um, you know, your non-index based data. So as the name implies, your index based data, you know, makes it such that all your data is indexed, which makes it highly available and you can query and get your data results quickly and in a way that's accessible for, you know, your day-to-day operations. Now, if you just want to keep that data in some S3 bucket and not worry about it, we provide that today out of the box and it saves you a considerable amount on storage. And on top of that, um, you know, it's a way for you to keep that data in our system for up to seven years now. So, you know, it provides data. um, Yeah. 
you know, a way to collect your data and keep it for a long period of time. If you want to run queries on it, you certainly can. We're seeing that more, many of these users just want to keep that data and yeah. forget about it. Um, but, you know, a lot of times that same use case on-prem would mean, you know, you're housing, you know, very different storage types um, and, you know, you're having to manually do that. And sometimes, you know, depending on a new compliance requirement, you know, you're having to buy maybe like a new NFS storage or something or mm -hmm. a NetApp to keep all this in a specific place. And it's another thing that, you know, you kind of have to maintain. But now, you know, you can kind of revert some of this data onto the cloud and maybe in an S3 bucket in space. And you can just say, hey, you know, the very specific data that I need lives there and I'm not worried about it. Now, you we're making a distinction between my my live data that I care about a lot and want access to being being indexed, which I interpreted to mean uh, structured and and fast. I can do queries on it and get back, you know, very quick results. And my archive data that eh, I just want to have sit in that S3 bucket, as you put it. And Precisely. I don't care about it. I can query it, but is it not indexed? Is that what that means? So queries would not be performant probably and so on? You hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, okay. it is queryable. It's not going to be as fast, but the primary intention is that you're not going to be querying it a lot anyway. So, yeah. you know, this is just data you're collecting for a given security reason, a compliance reason. And if you need it, it's there. Um, you may not need to use it every day. So yeah, that's where this comes up. This and data, feature, depending on the data regulations, you know, sometimes they might require you to hold it for one years and like say all the way up to seven years. And that's primarily the, uh, you know, for, you know, data auditing requirements here. That's why you have the non-index there. And um, again, something that we just released is that depending on the data retentions, there's a lot of different uh, flexible pricing options uh, to yeah. keep the data that you need there. That, that was my next question was the pricing. I'm, it sounds like you've priced it such that it is way cheaper to go with this route than to stand up my own storage array with a bunch of disk that's doing nothing other than keep logs just in case I need to access those logs, yeah. you know? Yeah, okay. exactly. absolutely. Okay. And the cool thing about this is, uh, you know, maybe like I said, this is just for data retention requirements, right? But uh, down the line, maybe a year or two, what if you need to recall those, uh, you know, logs from non-index to the index uh, partitions? You just click a button, uh, move, recall, rehydrate those logs from the non-index to your uh, index uh, partitions, and you can do the high-performance uh, curing. You can look at the, you know, all the dashboards that you need to, uh, as you do in real time there. But um, again, you do have that flexibility to move them back and forth. So they're not stuck in that cold tiered storage uh, long-term. To what degree is that tier abstracted from the, the consumer? Are, do I have to go set up an S3 bucket and then point uh, li at it or is it more i go into the li interface and i say i want to archive i'd like to do it on aws in this region go make it happen yeah so if you're using the on-prem product it's the former of the two where you know you can have your own storage to be able to you know say whether that's something that you maintain on aws by yourself or in-house in uh, doing that, that's, um, you know, entirely up to the user. Now with uh, the new, um, the non-index storage that we've introduced on our SaaS product, that is, you know, as just a couple of clicks of a button that, you know, you as a user would do, and then it takes care of it for you. So, you know, like you have all your data where you need it. You don't have to configure your own S3 bucket and we have it all there. Now, to be clear, this is available today purely for our SaaS-only customers. Now, the end goal would be to 
Um, and we're working on this longstanding thing that, you know, allows some of our on-prem users to help take advantage of some of these cloud-only features. And that's something that, you know, we're working to roll out, um, um, you know, over the next couple of quarters to really, you know, have people who, you know, maybe are a little bit more hesitant about trying something on the cloud and maybe they're not fully convinced that cloud-only is the way to go. Maybe they just want to dip their feet in and see, okay, does this make sense? These are, you know, some ways that, you know, we can provide some of that, um, some of the, that, that value add on where, you know, customers can go and take some of that in real time. I mean, I'm the co-host on the day two cloud show, but cloud only is so the way to go. If I have a choice, I just, I don't want to maintain any more boxes than I have to. That's just where I'm at. Ugh. Anyway. Well, I have walked away with a much better idea of what uh, VRealize Log Insight Cloud is all about. Log Insight generally, but then Log Insight Cloud specifically is all about. And I, I, I know I mentioned it in the show a little bit earlier, but I was under the impression that if I was a VMware customer, this is a great add-on. I don't have to be a VMware customer to use this product and get a lot of value from it, which was uh, which is a big Oh, I have to say it. It was a big insight for me. Ah, see what I did there? Oh, boy. Is that pun intended? That, that is pun. It's a dad joke. I'm, I'm, I'm a man of a certain age. That is what it is. Okay. Oh, man. So if I want to try this thing out, I want to give it a spin. Uh, where, where do I go? I assume there's an easy website. So, uh, yeah. So uh, visit our website, uh, vmware.com slash products slash vrealizelogininsight. Dot com. Uh, we have uh, a free trial. We just upgraded our limits. Uh, so for the trial uh, length, you get 30 days. You're going to get 15 gigs a day um, ingestion limits uh, with a 10-day data retention. Um, another thing, too, once that 30 days is over, uh, what we're going to do, um, don't tell anybody, but we're going to give you a for life, five gigs a day with 30-day uh, data retention uh, for the for as, for as long as VMware is around, uh, which is going to be forever. <laughs> hmm. That's that's interesting. There's some uh, some other products in this space that have similar free level tiers, uh, and so that is really interesting. You're you're coming out with that. You're making it uh, very easy to to give that a shot. And those are fair limits because that's a usable amount of data you can do something with. Yeah, actually, uh, that's a, that's a lot of uh, logs that you can ingest uh, on a daily basis there. Uh, you know, for that limit. So again, this is again for um, you know any of the folks that have some. A specific project that they're working on that, you know, um, if they're doing test beds or something that more than enough to support a specific application or a small use case there. Well, Varun, David, thank you very much for coming on day two cloud today and sharing vRealize log inside cloud with us and what's going on. And uh, thanks to VMware for sponsoring today's episode. And if uh, you're still listening at this point, hey, virtual high fives to you because you're awesome. If you talk to your VMware rep about vRealize log inside cloud or go up to the website, make sure you tell them that your interest was stirred by what you heard here on the Day 2 Cloud podcast. If you have suggestions for future shows, Ned and I would love to hear them. We both monitor the Twitter account at Day 2 Cloud Show, so you could tweet at Day 2 Cloud Show and let us know what you want to hear. Or if you're not a Twitter person, hey, I, we get it. Fill out the form on Ned's fancy website and said, nedinthecloud.com. If you'd like even more shows like this one for IT professionals, visit packetpushers.net slash subscribe. All of our podcasts, newsletters, and websites, it's, it's all there. It's all there for you. And it's all nerdy content designed for your professional career development. And until then, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans. <laughs>